Al Bayan Radio presents the following program asking Allah that it serves as a benefit for all. Ramadan Nights on Al Bayan Radio. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa salatu wa salamu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa salam. Assalamu alaikum, dear brothers and sisters, and welcome to Ramadan Nights live from Luyan Radio Studios. I'm your host, Abu Abdurrahman. On this 20 ni- 22nd night of Ramadan, 1444, after the blessed hijrah of the Prophet, and I'm very pleased to be joined by my dear brother, Sheikh Yusuf Tang. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam, wa barakatuh. Ustaz, Sheikh, Sharia brother, advisor, Iqfan, whatever you like me to address <laughs> you with. Nadal's brother, mashallah. Sheikh Nadal's brother. <laughs> We're all brothers. Uh, and, uh, as you all know, brother Yusuf, long-time friend. Uh, we started off seeking knowledge together many, many years ago. So it's always good to catch up with him and have a chat. How you been since last time we spoke? Look, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. You know, going to the last, last third of Ramadan. Uh, you know, need to just uh, be focused now. The last 10 days, less than last 10 days, subhanAllah. So, you know, just a reminder for all of us to... to get our ikhlas and our niyyah straight, uh, razor sharp, so then we may, inshallah, be sincere in all our deeds and, and get the rewards for every single one of our actions, alhamdulillah. Inshallah. inshallah. Yes, it is the 22nd night. We'd like to welcome all our viewers, wherever they may be watching, whether on YouTube, Albion Radio Australia, or Facebook, ASWJ Australia, or listening on our apps or on 107.9 FM in Sydney. Uh, we will be on 107.9 FM in Sydney until after Eid. So welcome to all the brothers and sisters listening. And also, if you'd like to contribute or ask any questions or have any feedback, you can leave your feedback, comments and suggestions on our streams there on ASWJ Australia Facebook and Al Bayan YouTube. Or you can send us a WhatsApp message or SMS on 0481-342-582. 0481-342-582. And inshallah, ta'ala will try to get to your Messages throughout the program. Uh, Sheikh, you said, or the topic we have chosen is the Prophet's youth, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The youth of the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Why did you choose this topic before we get into it? Look, uh, I think, first of all, you know, seeing all the kids in the masajid and the marakis, the the, the masjids and the centers, it's nice to see, you know, the, the, the kids and also. Um, seeing brothers again that are that I used to know when they were ten years old, and mashallah, now they're twenty and twenty-five years old. So it's nice to see them um, mature, you know. Which it brought me to an interesting uh, topic because uh, there's an interesting narration that when Alayhi Wasallam, and if Alamma Balga Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Khamsa Sana Tazawajat Khadija bint Khaylid radiyallahu anha. Ibn Hisham he mentions in his Sirah that when the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he reached the age of 25 years old. He married Khadija bint Khwailid, radiallahu anha, 25 years old. And it really got me thinking about, you know, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa at 25 years old, he married a 40-year-old woman, radiallahu ta'ala anha. And if we took a step back, we think about then the next step is what did the Prophet do in these 25 years that made a woman, Khadija, notice him and to the extent that she proposed to him. And if we look at the Surah of the Prophet, often we concentrate on after Nabuwa, after his prophethood. 
which was 40. And it's sometimes very difficult for the for the youth to relate to. So, like, you know, eight-year-old child comes in, how can I be like the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? A 12-year-old, a 16-year-old, a 20-year-old. How do I be like the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? When we speak about the Sirah, we normally speak about a little bit before the prophethood. And then when he reached 40 as a full-grown man, and then afterwards, completely, you know, we dived uh, into the Sirah. Um, often missing what are the key ingredients that made the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu into who he was? What made him to be noticed by such a smart, a determined, strong-willed woman, the Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha, to propose to him? So these are all these questions that we think about. That Okay, well, if the Prophet Sallallahu if we studied a bit more of his life before he was 25 years old, before he got his prophethood, we may be able to then extract some lessons from that to implement into our own development program or implement into our children's development program because I think sometimes that's those are the bits that are sometimes missed. We speak about the Prophet's leadership, but we don't speak about how the Prophet uh, experienced life, how the Prophet lived his life, what did the activities the Prophet did as a child. In his teenagers, what did he do that made him into the man that he was by the age of 25? And I think maybe we'll restrict that 25 because that's the interesting bit. You know, after 25, it becomes, then we're leading on to the prophethood. But I think that's that's the reason why we chose the topic today because there's, there's a lot to discuss actually um, before the Prophet actually reached the age of 25. It's a very interesting time period yeah. if you look into it. You know, the, even the birth of the Prophet himself, if you go back even... We may not tackle that tonight, but the situation of Mecca, what the pagan Arabs were upon, so. what used to happen in Mecca, the positives, the negatives, you know, how you know how shirk or association of partners of Allah entered yes. Mecca, and then the birth of the Prophet Sallallahu you know, born an orphan, you know, who, who was his family, where that family that's comes right. from. It is a fascinating time, and that's in reality, depending on how much you want to go into it, it's, you can spend quite some time in it, but the, the specific... You know, points that you mentioned and inshallah we'll address mm. today is really interesting because we all know we are having some difficulty bringing up the next generation mm-hmm. upon responsibilities, upon choosing or having the role, the, 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 uh, choosing and having the right uh, role models in their yeah. life. Sahih. And also from the adult's point of view is how they are, how can we say, lacking in terms of being the proper role yeah. models for their children. Sahih. And also the experiences that we see the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam went through from the age of, you know, Sahih. seven or eight and then into early teenage years and then into business and responsibility and marriage. That mara- Those marahil, as they call it in, 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 yes. in, in, in Islam and in Arabic language, it's really nice to benefit from and derive lessons from. So, so where are we going to start? Look, I think the best way to start is look, when we speak about educating our children in Islam, we often hear this word tarbiyah. Let's discuss tarbiyah. What does tarbiyah mean? We often hear tarbiyah. We, you know, someone gives a talk about tarbiyah. Tarbiyah means education. All right, but let's explore deeper the, the, the meaning of that. Um, when the scholars define tarbiyah, like everything in Islam, there's always a, there's always a linguistic meaning. And there's always a shara'an meaning. Have you heard this one? <laughs> when we were growing up, our parents used to always say, Always. 
Like, I'm going to teach you. I'm, I'm going to educate you. you. Yes. I'm going to tell you how it is. I'm going to teach you a lesson. Yes. That's how we, like, we, <laughs> All right. we grew older and we took yeah. the, the meetings you're going to, you know, discuss now. Oh, that's what my dad used to mean. Or that's what my father used to mean. Oh, my uncle, my grandfather. But they're a big. That's why we knew it had more meaning than just education or... Ah, Jamil, Jamil. Okay, yeah. well, well, in our culture, it was a bit, it was a bit different. We kind of just, you did this, you did this, خلاص. <laughs> you follow the, you follow what you're told. Subhanallah. Uh, but look for for, for tarbiya, يعني, it comes, it comes from the 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 word raba. Yamhaqullahu riba wa yurbis sadaqat. Yes. Right. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala said He destroys, He absolutely annihilates riba interest. Wa yurbis sadaqat, and He makes growth and increases. Sadaqat, raba, raba, and the the word riba also comes from raba. It's to increase, right? So linguistically, raba is to increase. And something interesting is Imam Abaydawi, who's one of the scholars of Tafsir. He mentions something. He mentions the word rab. Rab actually comes from tarbiya because tarbiya means shayan for shayan, little bit by little bit. And then if you continue shayan for shayan, little bit by little bit, until you reach perfection and that becomes a rob and likewise so that's why the scholars they define tarbiyah tarbiyah al-islamiyah this, this islamic education as tanshiyat um, al-insan shay'an for shay'an like to educate to 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 make grow a person shay'an for shay'an little bit by little, little bit fi kulli jawanibihi subhanahu it's almost like a definition of the sharia right in all aspects of his lives Ibtigha Sa'adati Darain to seek the 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 happiness of the two worlds Wafqan Manhaj al Islami in as in accordance to this Islamic guidelines or to the Islamic curriculum. SubhanAllah. That's one of the most beautiful definitions of Tarbiyah. So when we speak about Tarbiyah, it's not just educating, right? But Tarbiyah to Islamia, Tarbiyah from an Islamic perspective means to raise a person Shay and for shay and little bit by little bit, seeking the happiness of this life and the next in accordance to the Islamic curriculum. All right, that's Tariya, Subhanallah. That's where we start, you know. And and if you look at that and the life of the Prophet Sallallahu from zero to twenty-five years old, that's how his life was. Little bit by little bit, he had more responsibilities, he had more life experiences, he had different model role models during his time. Okay, so we start with the birth of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, right? Because Ajib, um, when the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, when he was born, it's famous. We hear in the Sirah, and we often read about it very quickly, Sheikh Nadal, right? We read in the Sirah that Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he was born and he was sent to Bani Saad. He was sent to the desert to Halima, his his wet nurse, to be fed. Okay, but if you actually think about it, yeah, and and I'm gonna write that point down. I just want to discuss it afterwards as well. So we really think about why did the Arabs used to do that, right? And they used to say that it's to preserve their fasah, it's to preserve their Arabic language, it's to make them grow strong, to get them used to the the, the, the harsher life in the desert, right? To raise them in these environments. And a very beautiful quote from... Uh, Imam Muhammad al-Ghazali, he wrote a famous contemporary seerah book, Fiqh seerah Understanding the Seerah. Right? It's probably taught in many classrooms of the Sharia colleges in Australia, Fiqh seerah He wrote a beautiful book and he wrote about this particular 
uh, stage of the Prophet's life where he said he mentions that raising of the children in the desert so that they may enjoy and have fun in the shade or the protection of tabi'ah, this natural world, subhanallah. And they and to seek happiness and pleasure and have fun in its open environment, in its open space. Um, um, and these open rays of sunshine, right? Subhanallah. This, all these things, they're closer to the tazkiyah, this, 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 um, this purification of the natural part of, of, of the child. And subhanallah, when you get out today, just today, you're walking out. I went out for a walk with my daughter. You know, you see the sun, you see the grass, you just see, you breathe the beautiful air. And in this environment, subhanallah, the Prophet was raised. Right, he was breastfed in the desert and he was in this environment he was raised for you know according to scholars three to four years until he was five or six years old subhanallah so Sheikh Nandal, you just compare it to these days what do the kids do these days when they, what do they call it the modern day urban living living in a shoebox yeah, living in a shoebox ipads all the time okay, yeah. like when you compare this lifestyle so the prophet and even nowadays look you have people nowadays living like that right you know mashallah i always mention our brothers in young they have live in those open yeah. spaces. People live on the farms, and you can, Subhanallah, the the children that are raised in these open spaces they're different to the children that are raised in, like you said, a, a shoebox or in an apartment or just stuck confining confined space. You know, so if you look at the life of Salam from this this early age, he was already out there enjoying the natural environment, enjoying the sunshine, enjoying the pure air. You can imagine these children out there playing with the dirt, playing with the sand, you know, roughing it up, subhanAllah. And that was the first stage of his life, you know, and you think subhanAllah, when you compare that to these days, it's a very different lifestyle, our city, urban living, subhanAllah. We're getting the pure Arabic out there with the, with the desert oh, dwellers there, the Bedouins That's yeah. right, that's right, subhanAllah. And the, the, the Arabic was um, was pure, um, just the lifestyle, it was strong, it was healthy, alhamdulillah. So it was all these different aspects that he started off his life with, subhanAllah. All right, and we go back to the point where you mentioned Sheikh Nadal about this, this enriching experiences, right? Um, because in his early life, there were three things uh, we notice. And one of these things was he had these, the Prophet ﷺ had these interesting experiences as 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 a young as a young child, subhanallah. So after that stage, subhanallah, you know, Hajib, he returned to his mother and both his mother and then his grandfather passed away. So when he was at the age of about six or so, you know, his mum passed away and then towards eight his his grandfather passed away. And then who was left to look after him? His uncle, Abu Talib, when he was eight years old, subhanAllah. And what you'll notice, so point two, you'll notice in the life of the Prophet, he had male role models. He had these male role models that he 
that looked after him, that took him under his wing, his grandfather firstly, and then he was his uncle, right, from eight years old all the way until the Prophet ﷺ, you know, the, a few years before Hijrah, or, you know, just before the Prophet ﷺ made Hijrah, all those years, subhanAllah. 50 years old almost. Yeah, yeah subhanAllah. 50, yeah. Right? He lived with his uncle for, the, so, you know, when you think about subhanAllah, we might read the seerah, okay, his uncle Abu Talib looked after him at eight, and then he, you know, protected him, and then he passed away, and the Prophet ﷺ was sad. That's that's what we remember of the seerah. But if you really think about the emotional aspects, all right, the relationship he would have built with the Prophet Muhammad from eight all the way to right, he was a full-grown man. All those years, he gave, he would he, he would be willing to give his life for him. Abu Talib was willing to give his life for the Prophet Muhammad He was that close to him, and then he passed away. Right, so you can see how the relationship developed. And the Prophet Muhammad took from the good bits of Abu Talib obviously you know if you are with someone or a, you know a, a child is with their father for a long time they're naturally going to take from their father so subhanallah you know you you notice also this aspect of of the male role models of the prophet's life but when the prophet sallallahu was 8 years old subhanallah what happened uh it's the the scholars of sirah said he then went back to a harsh, a tougher life. You know, it was no longer about um, someone being paid to look after him in the deserts, having fun as a child in primary school, as our kids do, mashallah. It is said he then returned to life of, he had to work, he had to support the tribe. And uh, it's in the in a, in a narration, Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, I think it's, it's, it's Sahih Bukhari, Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Prophet Sallallahu said that not a messenger was sent except he was a herdsman. He looked after some flock animals. And the command said, And you, Messenger Allah Sallallahu Alaihi So he said, I used to do the same thing. I used to um, be a herdsman for, for some little uh, money you know, for, for the people of Mecca, subhanAllah. And this was between 8 to 12. Now, what are, when you think about it, what are our 8 to 12 year olds, and, what, and it's not their fault, right? It's not their fault. Um, what are our 8 to 12 year olds doing? Like, this is primary school, right? Yeah. You, know, you, you would know better than me. I mean, mashallah, I'm sure there's, there's very disciplined parents and the children, right? Um, but generally... Some, yeah. There yeah. are some. Eight, eight, yeah, there are some, most, mashallah, obviously, there's always Most some. eight-year-olds, but, uh, yeah. Right. Yes, you know, well, what, what will they be doing, you know? Playing games, uh, tablets. Yeah. They go to yeah. school, obviously, and, yeah. and some parents, as you said, they have them in good programs and, sp- you know, some sports, some, you yes. know, some, some avenues where they can, uh, in a healthy way, release the energy that naturally these young children have. Yeah, that's right. Like, right, like, like so. Eight to twelve—that's when the kids. When you think about it, eight, well, eight—they're in um, year three, is it? Year three, year four, year five, year six. So, sort of the the, the later part, like mid, mid to, to later late, yeah. part of primary school. And the Prophet Sallallahu at this age, he was Ryan al Ghanam. He was a herdsman. He was looked after a flock of sheep. That right? was tough. That's tough. When you really think about it, right? We can read it. When we read the seerah, like the Quran, you know, we need this tadabbur. We need to ponder and think, right? Like the Quran, when we read, we don't just read. We, we think tadabbur and ponder and think about how everything fits together, what it actually means. 
Likewise for the seerah. Right, what does this actually mean? Okay, when someone needs to look after animals, the Prophet is not just looking after someone's cat or someone's guinea pig or some animal. Right? Prophet, when you're looking after a herd of sheep, you're thinking about there's at least a flock, you know, there's, there's a bunch of them. Right? So you need to look after the animal's welfare. You need to look after if an animal gets hurt, what do you do? You're like a vet, you need to look after it, bandage it, whatever you need to do. You need to find the right drinking spots, the right eating spots. You need to make sure that at night they're protected. All these things, right? You know, you need to know which 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 are the best spots. Like nowadays, you come to Tarawih, you want to find the best spot. Where's the best spot that I need to, you know, you be strategic where you want to go. Likewise, subhanAllah, looking after animals, not just one. I don't know. Do you have pets? I don't know. I've got uh, a pet, we had I've got cats a pet growing up, but I'm not very good with it. But yeah. Even even reading in that yeah. part of the seerah, you see yeah. that, that 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 even sheep themselves are different types of um, personalities, if that's the right term to use yes, for yeah, animals. Yeah, hundred percent. But some are, you know, some are slow, some are fast, some are tough, some are weak. You know, it's you know, you got to keep all I of them together. You got the ones who are stronger, the ones who are weaker, the ones who may be sick. It's yes. it's it's not easy as you it's think. It's not easy, right? So you have Subhanallah, right? Prophet in his seerah. Some sometime between the ages of eight to twelve, he's already doing this. Allah Akbar, right? So you can see how he's already given a level of responsibility at a young age, right? Level of responsibility is really important, and these are one of the things we can take, right? As obviously every we don't suddenly then go out, mashallah, we're getting excited and we're going to get ten sheep and we're getting, <laughs> our children are going to look after ten sheep, but of course not. You know, every child has their own level of responsibility as a parent or as an adult. We know that, um, you know, these are what the child is capable of. And likewise, these are things we can bring to and for our older brothers and sisters where responsibility, we can also, it's something that we can take on as well, right? If we're thinking about our own tarbiyah, not we have other people our own tarbiya there's responsibilities we can slowly take on as well right but if you look back at the surah of prophet you know this this beautiful being raised in the in these deserts in this pure land in the raised the beautiful continuous rays of the desert afterwards to eight years 12 years old now he's working right he's understanding how to look after animals the responsibility that comes with that and not only that the responsibility of also supporting his tribe Right, because Prophet Sallallahu he didn't just look after animals, took that money, bought food for himself. Uh, you know, it was a whole tribal affair. Everyone of the tribe, his family went out to work, and there's also a bit of financial responsibility. The Prophet Sallallahu at the age of eight to twelve, Allahu Akbar. All right, that's that's. I mean, that's if if we really think about that, that's 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 mind blowing when we it compare is. it. All right, um, and then Subhanallah, right. What happened after that? The Prophet ﷺ was now between his teenagers, right? He's in his teenagers, and um, the Surah mentioned sometime uh, bef- between when he was about twelve years old, his favorite uncle that looked after him, Abu Talib, he wanted to go to uh, go go for business, and whether it was Basra, whether it was Sham. And it's mentioned in the Sirah, the Prophet ﷺ, he, he, he sort of hugged him and, and just threw himself on him, subhanAllah. Right? It's very, 
you know maybe maybe you've you've, you've taught sirah yourself um sheikh randawan like this this really beautiful part where prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam you know hugs him and throws himself on on on, on abu talib and so abu talib said wallahi la akhrijanna bihi ma'i yani he said after seeing this his heart got softened and khalas you know at the age of 12 abu talib said i'm going to take him to business they couldn't right. bear to be away from one another as some of the ulama have mentioned at that age abu talib couldn't bear to be away from him and the prophet sallallahu wanted to be with his uncle likewise so it shows you that the dynamic of that relationship the bond right it shows you the, the the dynamic of the relationship and the and the bond between the 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 sort of the role model at that time and the the person who's sort of being educated you know to to um follow the the role model and if you really think about it you know sometimes subhanallah us as parents it's easiest for us to leave the kids at home yeah no? <laughs> yeah any 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 parent every you know sometimes look we want to do things it's easier for us to leave the kids at home but the harder way the more difficult way and maybe the more beneficial way when we want to go to wherever the shops when we want to you know get something done maybe it's a teaching opportunity for the kid as well because when the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam can you imagine and we need a bit of tadabbur what we say in arabic tadabbur this pondering that he went with his uncle subhanallah to do business you know and and like subhanallah right any anyone that does business look look looks after any sort of uh, thing ajib you know there's many and different aspects to to business and subhanallah everything's i know everyone's probably thinking man this guy's only talks about his business and money but brother <laughs> this was the life of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam right his uncle went to do and that was uh, it was said about the quraysh yani kana qaumun tujara yani they they were uh, an, a nation or a people of 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 trade that's how many of them um uh made their wealth that's how many of them worked right and you can imagine prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam now as a tour you were accompanying his his uncle to trade you can't imagine that prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was sitting there on the camel on the ipad on the phone reading a book and then prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was illiterate he couldn't even read so you can imagine that he was actively participating with his uncle he was helping his uncle and even these days right if you subhanallah look at how uh, some children are in in other parts of the world they're already actively participating helping the family before in the primary school years subhanallah right they're already helping and you know even whether it's getting water or you know herding the sheep they're already doing this at a very young age so likewise prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam accompanied his 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 um his, his uncle to do business and all these different aspects of business right whether it's negotiating budgeting um learning which route to take to go to sham so all these different aspects he was accompanying with his uncle the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was accompanying his uncle and experiencing this in real life like experiencing this first hand right so you can imagine and see subhanallah the the experience the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was 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 getting from that subhanallah you know and and that was just in his teenage years subhanallah right and another event happened in his in his um in his teenage years subhanallah yeah yeah if you remember back in our days in school i think they still have an elbow something else they used to send us out on work experience remember that hey yes 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 
Well, some kids went to KFC, did they? <laughs> I still remember some kids went to KFC or McDonald's. I think it was year 10, man. Yeah, year 10, the, they had the work experience. See, this is the Prophet You know, at 12 years old, we can say, getting these experiences that today in your later teens, you experience them. That's right. People who met, dealing with money, whether travel itself is yes. a learning experience. Yes. You know, we're on planes today and we're struggling. <laughs> yeah. Traveling in a caravan. With That's right. You, know, you can imagine. Just the elements there. Like the learning experiences. Exactly. Is mind-boggling. Exactly, right? And that's why, I mean, if you relate it back to, maybe we can discuss this a, a bit later, but like, you know, th these are the experiences that we need to give ourselves and also our children, right? SubhanAllah, these, all these different things that we experience, we should actually give to ourselves. And when we're developing curriculum or developing how to, um, thinking about the development of our children and the future generation, it's, it's these practical experiences that would help them a lot, right? Um, subhanallah so not even when we were speaking about year 10 you know this this is probably the age of, of about 15 16 uh, interesting ha event happened in the life of the Prophet we read it very quickly in the seerah however if we really think about it it's quite a significant event where the the Quraysh they were involved in the in in, in, in a battle that the scholars mentioned is is fujar yeah um um it was this this battle that the Quraysh had with another tribe and it is mentioned the prophet sallallahu alaihi he went with his uncles to this war okay and the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said he said, I used to anbilu. So, nabala uh, is like arrow, right? But this verb of anbilu means to retrieve the arrows for his uncles in the war. So, when the enemy shot the arrows, right, it would go, it would miss his uncles, they'll fall on the floor. And then, from a logistical perspective, he, in year 10, We'll say year 10, year 9 or 10, this boy, Prophet he would collect these arrows in the firing line and return them to his uncles so they can use these arrows to fire back all right, in the midst of war. SubhanAllah. So we won't say 15, 16. We'll say, look, in year 9 or 10, the Prophet he was involved, he was in the thick, he was, he was, he was involved in all the action of his tribe, subhanAllah. And you can imagine taking a step back, right? The feelings that would rent that would go through uh, someone, right? The feelings that he might have felt, the Prophet, you know, being in the firing line, you need to protect so all these experiences, when you think about what he actually learnt, he learnt about warfare, he learnt about how to keep himself safe from the arrows that have been fired, he learnt about war logistics. He learnt about war strategy and war tactics. Okay, he learnt about how to how to listen to commands. You know how to show a bit of leadership and maybe make some um, improvise what he needs to do to to avoid any arrows hitting him as he's retrieving these arrows. Subhanallah, Akbar. So that's when he was in year ten. So you can imagine this boy at the age of fifteen, sixteen. Okay, he's raised in the desert. He's worked as a herdsman, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
He's went on business travels with his uncle. And now, in his middle of his mid-teens, year 9 or 10, he's engaged in warfare, the logistical support, subhanAllah. And likewise, after this, he also witnessed Half al-Mutayyibin, which is, you know, the, the, the treaty that the Quraysh had with other people, right? And again, the tadabbur, yeah, and this is a month of pondering, especially the Qur'an. But sometimes we need to ponder also the, the, the seerah as well because these first 25 years, we, we can talk about it, you know, for a few hours, but it only makes up like 5% of the seerah books that you'll read, right? They're, you know, especially a very popular book, you know, Seerah um, al-Nabawiyah, Salabi, you know, it's a really thick book, two inches thick or infinite. It's about this thick depending on the version that you get. And the, 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 these first 25 years are about like belly, you know, a few millimeters, right? But there's so many benefits to take from that. So you can imagine this boy, alayhi salatu wasalam, he's 15 or 16, he's had all these experiences and he's also participated in the politics of his tribe. He was there when these agreements were made. Now, we can read it and we go, khalas, they made a, they made a political agreement and finish. Or we can read it and think, Khalas, what did the Prophet ﷺ actually learn from this? All right, negotiation. He learned dealing with other tribes. He learned the greater good of, of working for his tribe. You know, all these political the importance of justice. Importance of justice. Like all these all these things. It's mentioned that he was there, he witnessed this. Right? He wasn't just out there playing the iPad or playing whatever. He was looking and observing and learning, subhanAllah, at the age of 15, 16, right? So you can see now, subhanAllah, right? Now the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam at 15, 16, he's already more mature than your typical 20, 30, 40-year-old of today and also maybe back then as well with all those experiences, right? And then it is no surprise that when... Khadija radiallahu anha, right? He's about this. He's about a man that is described as a sidq hadithi. Yani he is truthful in his word. Azima amanati. Yani he has, he's, he's very, very trustworthy. He's great in his trustworthiness. Wa karama akhlaqi. Yani he's beautiful, honorable akhlaq. When the Khadija radiallahu anha heard about this, obviously, what did she do? She wanted to hire such a person. Obviously, right? And made him um, do business on her behalf. So now, let's consider and again, ponder this point. When the Prophet did business on behalf of Khadija radiallahu anha, it wasn't, brother, I'm going to take a camel, I'm going to ride a camel to Sham, one camel. Right. When you hear about these caravans, Uthman radiallahu anh, he came back to Medina with hundreds, yeah, hundred camels, right? So it's really, you can imagine the logistics of all these things, subhanAllah, right? That that that, that would occur. You know, and, and the Prophet, salam, you know, at the age of twenty to twenty-five, he would have used his whole life experiences, all these things, to then take the caravans to Sham, take it to Basra, right? And again, if the Prophet ﷺ himself, he was leading the caravan this time as a youth, as a 20-year-old, right? When you really think about it, what did he need? Do he need to plan his trip? 
There's no first class travel. He takes a plane. He needed to plan his trip. He needed to find the right spots for um, where to stop. He needed to make sure that he doesn't go into the, the, the roads where there's criminals. And not only that, he needs to make sure everyone's fed. He was the he was the human resources manager. He was the operations manager. He was the CEO. He was everything, right? Going all the way to Basra. And then when he got there, he needed to negotiate. He needed to set up shop. Imagine that he needs to set up shop, negotiate, deal with all these different people. And then after all that, have enough security awareness to, we talk about cyber security these days. Back then it was physical security to get all these goods back to Mecca, subhanAllah. <laughs> and you, when you really think about um, the logistics and how that actually occurred, with, when you think about, okay, 100 camels or, or more, right? All this wealth that it was being carried. SubhanAllah, and then he went back to Mecca. And obviously, it's no surprise that then we hear, There's no surprise then, when he reached 25 years old, he married Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha. Right, so we can easily skip this life of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu you know, up until 25, or we can really choose to delve deeper into it and all these lessons come up. So if we were to summarize, I mean, if you really think about it, right, if we were to summarize, there's, there's, three, there's three things which would require a deeper discussion as well in, in and of themselves, right? You have one, it's this responsibility, Right, Arabic we call it masuliya. It's a really, it's it's a really beautiful word, where he had all these different responsibilities in his life, right? And then he had rujal qudwa. Yeah, he had he had this male role models in his life. Subhanallah. And he had enriching experiences, right? These three fundamentals we find in the early life of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And on the perspective of male role models, it's actually a theme in the Quran. You know, it was interesting because uh, when I was taking a um, a uni subject with with one of our uh, professors, you know, I was discussing with him. I was I was giving, I was proposing whether this was an appropriate tafsir. You know, I said to him, I said to him, Sheikh, you know, in the Quran. There's a lot of conversations between a father and a son. All right? You have Luqman, you have Yusuf السلام, with his father, you have Ibrahim السلام, with his father, All right? You have Nuh السلام, with his children, All right? So I said, Sheikh, you know, all these different conversations between um, a father and his son. And that's the good thing. Sometimes when you're studying for Sheikh, it's one of the most beautiful things. You can take a risk, right? You can tell them something and they can tell you whether it's batil, you're on the falsehood, or whether they might think they might agree with you. And then, Sheikh, I have a feeling, I've got a tafsir here um, where I think, Allahu A'lam, that the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala constantly mentions the, the relationship between a father and a son and all these different dynamics, whether this, the, the father could be a non-believer in Ibrahim alayhi salam's case, where the father can be the believer in Nuh alayhi salam's case, or where they could both could be believers in Yusuf alayhi salam's case and his father, right? Is it because, you know, sometimes 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to tell us the importance of this this role model, this male role model of these fathers. You know, is it because we understand that alhamdulillah, generally speaking, the children are always closer to their mothers, you know, but it's the father that goes away, he does certain things outside the house, you know, doesn't have much contact with his children sometimes. I'm not, I'm, it's a general statement, I know. And people might say, oh, khalal, yeah, yeah. but I'm just generally speaking. So I go, Sheikh, is that a right tafsir? You know, and I was quite proud of myself, alhamdulillah. He said, yes, that's good, that's good. Mashallah, mashallah. So, <laughs> so that's one thing to note, right? Like when we're speaking about the moral models of Prophet Sallallahu um, he had his grandfather and then he had his uncle and he had all his other uncles that were there. It's an, it's an important lesson for us right, when we're raising our, 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 our children to to be there for them. And not only for our children, but for our adults as well. Like for us, I mean, you and myself, we need our own role models. We have our own role models that we look towards, to, you know, subhanAllah. Allah mentions it in the yeah. Quran. لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا Generally in the Prophet وسلم, you have the best example. Exactly, right. A role model if you like. The Prophet وسلم, is our role model, but sometimes I would encourage people to also, you need to seek actual practical role models as well. Right, in, 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 in this life. You know, and the danger is if we're not there setting role models for our kids, we were just speaking before, there's TikTok, there's YouTube, yeah, there's so many role models on there, there's that's, that's Facebook. Where I, that's where I was getting to. The actual <laughs> role model like the father figure or the uncle or the grandfather or a mentor, a teacher, for example, he has to be taking the Prophet وسلم, and benefiting from him so the children can see a practical role model a walking role model, yeah. you know, and this is very, very important. You know, especially as as parents, a lot of the times we say, but we don't show. Sahih. Sometimes we have to take the approach of show me before you tell me. Yes. You know, both are important, but sometimes just without saying a word, you showing your child has more of an effect than actually telling them. And and look, and and in addition to that, also is we need to show our children like a, a broader perspective as well right you know when you so you have these role models and then now we get led on to these life experiences as well 100%. you know because we're all guilty of it where we're stuck in our routine you know we can take him home and it runs in all aspects right whether the child is being taken to childcare or taken to a carer or whatever or you're looking after them then you get into a routine of okay the child is growing up now you're back and forth looking after them if you don't have any kids at all, you still have your own routine of, okay, you sleep at this time, wake up at that time, you do. So we're constantly stuck in this routine, right? But to take a step back from that and actively seek out these enriching experiences where it will give you a different perspective, that's when you, mashallah, it would add value to your life, right? We spoke about it before, you know, if we're going to go away on a trip, sometimes we just need to go away on a trip. Now, whether it's camping or whether it's somewhere else, it gives you a different perspective and it refreshes your perspective on on Dean, on, on life and everything like that, right? So as as if we have the capability to construct these experiences, then yeah, let's let's construct them for our kids. Let's construct them. Because otherwise, if you think about, you know, um, you know, subhanAllah, the typical uh life of many of us in Sydney it's 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 like a routine, right? You go back and forth, routine, you're doing this back and forth. Nothing is really 
how many times when you actually tried to live like Prophet out in the Jawi had talq, yani this this outdoor weather, you know, going out there and experiencing and breathing that that air, you know, I think is is also important as well. Subhanallah. You know? So these these all these three main points of of you know responsibility, you know, even you know I noticed something that that, that helps by by discussing this with some of the the brothers is that giving responsibilities to the child from a young age, even if it's something like we may see as insignificant. Yeah. You know, yeah. make for example, wash the car, yeah, washing <laughs> the car, making sure the backyard is 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 clean and there's no hazards. Cleaning your room, you know what I mean. Um, yes, and then enriching experiences um, for those who are able. Some people may not be able. If if you have a home country where it's more of a, a village lifestyle, Oof, nice. that is yes. a very nice experience. And everyone who has has done it has has said their children have learned so much from living there for a month, for example, if possible, you know, sometimes it's not easy. Yes. You know, things like that, yes. going away, we're speaking about going away before, going away to, you know, something different, uh, yes. different environment, different setting, doing something different, changing it Something outdoors. Bit, 100%. <laughs> yeah. And eliminating these devices. And we have a question later on yeah. uh, from a listener, we, inshallah, we'll, we'll, um, we'll get to it. Anything else yes. you'd like to add on to, to these points? Uh, look, you know, actually, one, one point that I wrote down actually yes. previously from the beginning, uh, when the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he, and it'll be interesting getting your thoughts. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out here, Sheikh Randall. So yes. when you think about the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, all right, he, so it was, it was the custom of the Arabs to send their children out to the desert to a wet nurse to be breastfed, right, from a woman that's not, the actual mother. And Islam came along and qarara had amal. It ratified. I think that's the right word. It ratified. It, it, it confirmed these actions. But not only that, it put laws and regulations around them, right, to, to allow for this. You know, when I was sort of tadabur, when I was actually thinking about this point, I don't know if it's going to get me in trouble or not, but you know, I think it might be good for your TikTok. Uh, you know, is is you know the how do I put it? Sometimes a mother would need help, right, to look after the children. Hundred percent, right. And Islam, in this perspective, has actually brought went to the when you can say almost to the extreme and say, look, <laughs> there are rules and regulations that allow for someone to do this, right? But obviously the scholars mention it's, it's, it's preferable for the, you know, for the mother and then the family and then the mothers and grandmothers. You know, subhanAllah, some, some in, the, in, the, in, in the Shafi'i Madhab, they actually list, you know, who's more, has more right, you know, it's mother and then it's grandmother and then so forth, right? But, but the structure is there to allow for that additional support for the mother you know and i think sometimes that is missing we expect too much from our, our, our wives or our mothers to say look they have to do the ceo the coo the cio the chief marketing every single thing they have to do but that looks relax you know in islam when this came the rada'a yani the, the rules and regulations came of breastfeeding as the scholar said it, it's not only about creating the sustenance I mean giving the, the child f- food 
it's also about creating communities, right? Because we, we know the rulings that if a child or a few children feed from the same woman, they become muharam. They're not allowed to be married, right? And the scholars have mentioned that this actually creates community. And it's particularly even more important for, for example, they gave the example, for example, women that can't have children, but they can feed, right? And so for them, it creates them community, it creates for them muharam, it creates for them a community for them. So... That, that's one of the, the interesting points there when the Prophet went out away from his mother to be raised in the desert. You know, this this whole community developed around him. Um, and in particular, it's, it, the interesting thing was Islam then came along and put laws and regulations to, to make such an act even more sort of um, holistic. SubhanAllah. So that's, that's one thing I wanted to, to, to write. And it led, led me on to then think about the point of, okay, so there are times where perhaps a woman would need help. Before, their children. before we yeah. finish this point, please. In, in, yeah. your, in your view, yeah. what has replaced this example Allah. you just mentioned? That's a good one. Yeah. You know, it was interesting. Um, there was actually an article in uh, uh, the, the Islamic magazines I, I didn't get a chance to 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 read it but i came across it um a while back where um the 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 sheikh the the scholar was speaking about um using animal so this this time period of using animal milk and replacements to replace the human milk you know and he writes it was I saw the research. It was really long. I go, oh, am I going to read this or am I going to read Islamic finance? Oh, okay, I'll read Islamic finance. But <laughs> you know, um, but but you know, there's a lot of interesting literature out there. Subhanallah. All right, but look, what has you're right, right? What what, is, what has I don't know if that's the point you're getting to, but you have then now we have uh, you know the powder, uh, the baby powder and the animal milk replacing all this, um, uh, sort of the 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 milk from from the the mum or uh, wet nurses, but it's 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 tough as well. You know, when you speak, when I say that to doctors, the doctors are going to say, "Yeah, you know," but like, you know, you can't just give this child to that woman, that woman to feed because there's all these uh, issues related to hygiene and health. And yeah, I, I I get that. So so it's not it's not that easy to to do. But I'm just saying, going to yeah, your point, right? Not only from the feeding point of view, I also mm. wanted from the actual tarbiya point of view at that age. Yeah. Now, we mentioned before the grandparents, we mentioned before the, the extended okay, family you know, taking part, an active part in the upbringing of the children. And I remember one of the one of the mashayikh, he, he mentioned that one of the best things grandparents can do as they get older is to play an active role Allah in the tarbiya yes. of their grandchildren. Sahih, 100%. So I took it away another way, but... Yeah, that, that's, yes. that's, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's but a no, the point as well. I decided to take it to academically, but like 100%, you know, the, the family, the community is involved in raising and supporting. MashaAllah, Sheikh Nadal just had his, uh, had his coffee, coffee. Coffee delivery. Please, please, go. To, to, to and the, and, and I'm, I'm telling the team, I don't drink any coffee and so, they're, they're absolutely uh, shocked in Sheikh Ramadan. Sheikh Yusuf did not want uh, coffee. I don't know why. We have to win him the over. The water, the mat, the mat you, you, you know, just since we brought up coffee, you don't drink coffee at all? Not in Ramadan, alhamdulillah. Like in Ramadan, you pause. I pause, man. I just pause. But outside Ramadan, I just, you know, I, I have, 
like I said, um, to to uh, Jamal, I just have I, I just have the powder, the, the really light powder weak stuff, stuff out there, the really weak stuff. No, because before then, a few Ramadans ago, I used to have the heavy stuff. <laughs> I used to have the heavy stuff, but then as soon as Ramadan came, uh, I, st- I, I, I stopped because the only time I ever normally have coffee is in the morning. Right? I don't have it in the afternoon. It wakes me up too much. Um, but yeah, man, like in Ramadan, I just, go, I, just go, I just go cold turkey, like they say. And then afterwards, alhamdulillah, I enjoy my little powder stuff, yeah, the fake yeah. stuff. <laughs> you like pause. I, I, I actually do more. I have more yeah. coffee in Ramadan, more caffeine. Subhanallah. Yeah. What do you do? What, like uh, iftar? Sahar now, then another one later on, probably Sahur. three or four. You serious? So th- yeah. And also Ramadan? They were pretty much, yeah, around three or four. Allah. One or two minimum. Yeah. It's like double shot. Double Bro. shots, yeah. That's double minimum shots. double shot. I, I can't have any Oof. weak stuff. So you have like three to four double shots a day? Pretty much. Man. Pretty much, yeah. That's so, hardcore, man. So let's <laughs> let, let's get back to that point before the coffee break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Regarding the, the family, you know, look, and that's that's the challenge, right? In the society we live in today, everything has become individualistic. So, you know, and, and the support systems are not there to to have the many kids of the past. Because I was speaking, I was speaking um, to it was very interesting. I was speaking to a brother from Afghanistan, and uh, he was mentioning to me. In, so he's probably in his fifties now. And he was mentioning to me, he used to live in a village where it was like a fortress. So they had like a massive wall to keep them safe at night. And all the families lived within this village. And he goes, all the kids used to just come out and play in this nice uh, sort of protection of this massive fortress that they have. And then the adults will take turns giving tarbiyah to the kids. You know, one one adult will come here, yeah, do this. And it still carries on to many parts in the Islamic world. And not even the Islamic world, right? This is generally in, in different societies where it's more communal. You have one adult that's kind of looking after many different kids, but subhanallah, you know, in 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 Western societies, we've kind of institutionalized all that, right? We've we've put them into uh, childcare, we've put them into uh, you know places where it, it's not the grandparent, it's not the the aunties, it's and uncles and and all that stuff that that support the raising. Of the children, which Allahu Adam, one of the perhaps could be one of the reasons we, you know, we're having, we're having less. You know, um, I'm sure some of us, mashallah, tabarakallah, still have ten, but um, <laughs> um, but you know, it, it's it's not there in this society. It's become a bit more individualistic, and and it's not a, it's not a um, it's not a go at anyone sending obviously at all at anyone sending their kids to to childcare. You know, the support systems are there to to do that, but it's just. Noticing that that difference between the communal care um, in in Western societies versus I mean the, sorry the 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 institutionalized care versus the the communal care that that the children used to have right or yeah, children used to have probably like probably fifty sixty years ago. We have a comment yeah, yeah, here yeah. from from a brother. Love you all for the sake of Allah. We love you too love for the sake too, of brother. Allah. He mentions regarding what you're saying. Yes, in the third world, it's more communal. And smaller decentralized systems. Yeah, yeah. Look, Allah Alam, it could be it could be many factors, right? It could be perhaps, you know, we're making we're making we're too busy make no. Maybe the costs of living are so expensive here we feel we need to work nine to five, five days a week and be working full time just to pay our rent or just to buy the groceries and stuff, right? Our typical living expenses is a few thousand dollars. 
right? In 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 a in other countries, few thousand dollars. That's like a month's salary, right? 100%, yeah. Um. So so. Some, you know, one of the challenges is the cost of living. We find we need to go out to work, and hence, where do we put our kids when, when we go out to work? Or, you know, childcare, all right, um, or maybe uh, daycare, you know, right? So, so it's 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 interesting. It's interesting. Where it's headed. Obviously, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't know where it, where it's headed, and and um, it's it's interesting just noticing that difference between how in in sort of developing. Uh, countries like they say or, or i guess social financially less well-off society tends to be a bit more communal whereas in more expensive cost of living society tends to be more it's sort of uh institutionalized right you know you put your kids in these centers and 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 the next stage is primary school and then high school and then so forth um and we're having less kids you know subhanallah as a result of that the support systems aren't there to to do that and but you know you still notice some families uh, have that, have that support, right? And then they have many kids in in Australia, which their the parents and the grandparents and everyone, this whole community is involved in looking after the kids. It's 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 a good thing to see, Subhanallah. Yeah, yeah. Barakallahfiq, uh, Sheikh Yusuf. Thank we have a question here, and it's regarding what we're talking about, yes, uh, Brother Zaid or Ziad. Uh, what are some advices or tips for a future parent? Inshallah, to ensure my children are happy or content with the activities I encourage them to do, such as sports and enjoying nature, in a society that is so driven by devices. Wajazakallah khairan. Wajak. I think you're in a better position to answer that, bro. No, no. Answer. You're our guest. I'll, I'll, I'm I'll, the guest, I will, but... Yani. I will add my you know, contribution to, to your okay. comments. Asa'il-a'lamini. Uh, no, no. <laughs> the question. Bismillah. Look, Abba. look. The, Look, my, my, my advice, it's always, I find that one of the hardest, most difficult things I find with these questions that it's always very difficult to give um, general advice, right? Yeah. Because I understand and I truly understand it, it, it's everyone's challenges are different. Everyone's situation is different. You know, um, it's, I, I feel it's, it's, it's so, you know, some people, subhanAllah, I remember, you're in a particular community sometimes and I remember you know before I had children you know um, uh, you know one of the uncles will come and ask me have you got any kids yet you know because I've been married for I'm like I don't know not yet and they're like oh, oh sorry sorry you know like as, as if they've embarrassed me because you know I've been married for a while and I haven't had, had any kids yet but uh, and, and that's Sort of the society we live in now, where we're so judgmental of of what what someone does, you know. But just general advice for our for our brother here um, is 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 what we spoke about just now, right? You have these three principles of having a good role model, which inshallah should be yourself and your wife. Having these enriching experiences for your children. Okay, and these shared experiences as well, because to build those bonds, uh, the, the close bonds between family or even friends, it's all about these shared experiences that you have, right? I mean, you can, for example, if you're a father that you spend a lot of time outside the household and you never see your kids, it's hard to have any relationships, subhanAllah, right? You need to actually actively be in there to share whatever it is, whether if they're a small child, if they're between zero to five, playing with them in the activities they enjoy, 
as they grow older, they might join you for the activities you enjoy, whether it's whatever, jujitsu, fishing or whatever. Um, so, so these shared experiences are really important, right? Um, as, as a parent. So you got your, you getting yourself right, like Sheikh Nadal said, you know, learning from the Sirah, learning from the Quran and Sunnah, learning from Islam, how to actually be a good parent. And it's more broader and it's a lot more broader than just, uh, and I really want to remind, it's a lot broad. Islam is a lot more broader than just, not just that, it's a lot more broader than uh, the ibadat. So you should know your prayer, which is important, right? The prayer, the zakat, the fasting, the hajj. But also your overall behavior, how you deal with other people, all this forms a part of who you are as a role model. We, we said before, you know, like every aspect of someone's life, that that's what you should focus on, right? Really becoming that role model for, for your children, um, sharing enriching experiences uh, w- with them as well. Um, and um, sorry, and the other one was uh, responsibilities. Ewa. So you know, as as you're raising your children, find opportunities for them. It could be simple, right? We just look, help me crack this egg. If it's a small kid, help me crack this egg. And if they make a mess, halos. Um, or just giving them responsibilities as they move ahead in life. You know, if you keep those three principles in your mind, and how and what the Prophet ﷺ did when he was in his younger years that will provide you with a bit more of a, a blueprint, you know. But I'm curious, I'm actually, Tafaddal Sheikh Nadal, I want to hear your 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 insights, yeah, man. Your answer is... La, la. <laughs> I'll, add, yeah. um, I'll add my contribution. Um, for the brothers and sisters out there, some general advice quickly. Yeah. It, it's a bigger topic, as, as yeah, we yeah, know. Yeah. Um, dua. Supplicate to Allah. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to look after you and to... to, to Give you pious children and to, you know, give your your children safety and security in this world and the next. Also, you know, I might, I might be going back a bit. Proper sp- spouse selection and family selection. So when you're getting married, mm-hmm. make sure you, you're marrying someone who, yeah, you who has do good, that topic. Yeah. good good attributes, a God fearing believer, um, good character, good morals, good manners from a good family. Uh, environment is very very important where you raise your children, and we mentioned mm-hmm. that. Um, early on in, in, in the lesson um, also you know you mentioned it beautifully and especially from you know because we've, we speak a lot about the mother but from the father father's point of view you mentioned it beautifully in the early age you have to play with them do with them what they like and especially when they get to six or seven then you mm. more of a discipline role more of an education role you know and, and the sunnah indicates that with the prayer for example yeah. teach them to pray at seven and if not by ten discipline them and as they get older you have to befriend them you have to be yeah. their friend because that education or tarbiyah is really between the ages of you know seven to them becoming you know um, a man or or a young woman. That's you know, quick, in, in man. other words, yeah. uh, attaining puberty. Then you really have to be be their friend in reality because uh, most of that work should be should have been done before. It's very hard later on to educate and discipline once they hit the teenage, mid teenage, or puberty. You know, and and. I honestly believe as well, make sure from a young age, you try to be the best role model as the Sheikh mentioned, to be a positive role model. The father especially, and obviously the mother as well, um, in, in, in manners, in ibadah, and try the best you, you can to, to attach your children to, to the Islamic creed, the Islamic belief, the belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And after that, 
the prayer when they get to that age and the Quran. I found mm. the Quran when you attach the child to the love of the Quran from a young age and avoid all the other disruptions and mm. distractions from the devices and, and uh, education or um, entertainment and leisure, which is haram, um, and attach them to the Quran. You know, give them as well, reward them. You know, yeah. you know um, do some, do some, you know, uh, you do this, I'm going to give you this. Yep. But you know, obviously, with with the main focus, them doing their actions and teaching that you're doing for Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. But there's nothing wrong with giving a gift if they achieve certain goals. There's nothing wrong with that at all. And that's in in a nutshell. Yeah. There's more we can add to that, but that's briefly a few yeah. things there. To Sheikh actually, that 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 brings a point. Right, I wanted to ask as you was I was thinking about it. So, when you teach your kids, right, are you thinking about sit them down? classroom or is it like a a chat you know like over you mentioned some, before over, holistic over, you know it is holistic yeah. it is co- more comprehensive than the traditional like i remember during during corona since we had to sit at home <laughs> we, the, the house became yes. a school so after which we had to pray together yeah so after each prayer we made it a must for us My to shop. sit down yeah and take something each according to their level the level of children you have, Beautiful. the education, uh, what they've taken, what they understand, what they don't understand, trying to as well give them the Arabic because, you know, keeping the Arabic tongue is very important for, for all Muslims and also teaching them, you know, the main pillars of their religion. Do you use Arabic? The foundation, uh, which so, I try to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not as much as I should, but I try to. Mashallah. So I try yeah. to at least have a bit of Arabic and translate it. Oh, sometimes just Arabic only. Yep, but yep, we're yep. lacking in that. And that's another issue altogether. Okay, okay. I believe it's needed. And I believe it has a huge effect on linking them to the rich history of Islam. You know, because it really it's in you know, you need the Arabic to, to access, you know, uh, our 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 history, our uh, the, to understand the Quran properly, to understand mm. the Sunnah properly. You know, and all this, you know, is, is needed. But that point is very important. It's just shouldn't just be theory based. Yeah. You know, you ha- you have to have g- practical implementations. You have to, you know, do in, you know, you mentioned activities uh, and, and you have to show them uh, aqidah. You have to show them akhlaq. You have to show yeah. them the sunnah. Like yes. one thing we do a lot is we, when we talk about battles, we only talk about the actual fighting. Yes. What about getting to the battle? What yeah. about the lessons on the way to the battle? What about the incidents that happened? And there's a lot of incidents that happened during the battle amongst the Muslims. Yes. Yes. Accusations, the munafiqun. Companions sometimes, you know, getting upset with each other. Yes. Tribalism sometimes, you know, the Bonafikun the, the try to instill hatred. All these, this is all during what? Yes. Going to a battle, coming Sahih. back from a battle. And these are all lessons. The Prophet yes. wasn't sitting there and explaining a sharh of a book. Yes. He was physically giving him lessons, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And that's why he's the best teacher that. That they can ever walk this earth, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So it kind of reminds me of um, you know, having all the kids in the car and you're driving to your location. Yes, <laughs> that's very the, the, that's the, the, the fighting. Itself, yeah, yeah. The, the the fighting between the kids, you know, and yeah, as a parent, ya Allah, what you're arguing for, you know, as a peacemaker, subhanallah. That's so true. That's so true, and I think that's even that's a teaching experience. Peacemaker, I've I've like becoming a negotiator yeah. sometimes with them. Or, them or the judge negotiating, yeah, <laughs> peacemaker. When they're fighting, yeah, peacemaker yeah. between the two, and the Trump you have to negotiate with one of them. Listen, one, two, three, uh, right, and that's and that's part of the tarbiyah, right? Yeah. Like, like you, you as a parent, you can you can act <laughs> you can act in a certain way, which you know we're all guilty of. You can use the hard way, right? Khalas, everyone, just be quiet. 
you know, the, the, put your foot down, so to speak. Or you can test other <laughs> other methods, all right? You know as well, Sheikh Yusuf, I, I was just thinking now, in reality, every single episode in our lives is a, cheat, is a teaching experience and a learning experience for us yeah. to learn from. And if we have our children around us, for them to learn from us. So you, 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 you know, you, you're affected with a calamity. Your yep. children are watching how you're going to react. 100%. And a lot of the times, you, you're, re, you know, yes. for example, loss of a loved one, loss of wealth. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, being evicted from your home, for example. These are, how are you going to react? Yes. Is it with pleasant words or are you going to use words that aren't, aren't pleasing? Uh, is it anger. bad, yeah. bad manners, anger? Mm. It's all, this is, this is what we mean by a, a holistic, wholesome or, or, or pure or how can we say a comprehensive approach instead of just, you know, theory only. You know, yeah, they, they're going to look at you. They're going to see how did you react to that to that problem? Road rage. <laughs> you know, sometimes a guy, you know, you know, he does something that angers you. How are you going to react? Around, and we're all yeah. guilty of this. That's you know, we, yeah. we, we all we all make mistakes. I'll be the first one to put my hand up. Um, how do we react? Our children are watching us. Yes, that's the you know that that the reaction bit is a very good point, right? Because you know, we find sometimes in 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 our community where the reaction amongst us or amongst some people to everything is anger. They only have one way to deal with everything, anger, right? And, you know, it's not it's it's not their fault, right? When we go back to Tarbiya, it is likely that their role model or, the, or whoever it was, whether it was on the street or whether it was their parents, they only acted one way themselves, right? It's always anger. So if you act always, if you only have one way of dealing with everything as a parent, anger, right, then the next generation, they're just going to role model that behavior. It's 100% you're right. So give the children a variation. Yes, yeah, sometimes you, yeah, Prophet Sada's son was angry, right? They're angry, it's, it's, we're not saying it's not allowed to be angry, but have a variation in your reactions. You know, and I think the kids would take a lot from that. They sometimes say, you're acting like this in that situation, acting like this. So they have all these tools to to respond and react. And as we know, patience is, is on is at the onset of the calamity, not oh. later on. <laughs> That's right. You know I mean, after you've run, up, you know, <laughs> havoc or chaos. Or... <laughs> that, was, that, was, yeah, that was very interesting. That was insightful. We man. can speak all night, Sheikh Yusuf. Barakalafiq. But sadly, we've come to the end of tonight's uh, episode. Uh, any final comments? Oh, look, alhamdulillah. Look, uh, you know, I think I think we 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 spoken enough. I think if you look at the, t- it comes down to yani tadabbur. You know, if if you were to take anything as you're reading the surah, as you're reading the Quran, th- don't just read it. You know, don't just Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the surah, the Prophet ﷺ did this, but really take a step back, think about the context, think about how the Prophet ﷺ felt, think about what Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is actually saying to you. Think about the relationships between different ayat. Think about the relationships between different parts of the surah. So, this aspect of tadabbur and really thinking about how or why things are in the surah and also in 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 the Quran is a really important aspect, in particular. In these uh, last last um, you know days of, of Ramadan, this you should step up this this contemplation, and if you do this contemplation with the niyyah of the intention of worship because you want to truly understand, then that is also an ibadah. That is also you know a, a reward for that. That's why Allah Subhanahu wa Taala said. Uh, that's why the Prophet and it's always the first hadith in all these hadith books because. It's such an important hadith to get your intention right. And it's particularly important in this last 
days of Ramadan as as we as we approach the close of Ramadan subhanallah Barakallah Fiqh Sheikh It's also always a pleasure and honor to sit with you And catch up and discuss uh, You know some important issues Inshallah the Sheikh will be with us once again very soon I'd like to thank all our brothers and sisters who tuned in And I'd like to remind you all that we will be on 107.9 FM in Sydney Until after Ramadan And also you can listen to Al-Bayan Radio On our app Al-Bayan app uh, At the Apple uh, Apple App Store and Google Play Store And also online at albayan.com.au uh, and until next time, barakallahu feekum. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This program was presented by Al Bayan Radio, the voice of Ahlus Sunnah wal Jama'ah.